One, two, Freddy's looking for you. Three, four, better lock the door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. Hello and welcome to episode 320 of Under the Cull of MS, Comics and MS episode, Thursday episode. I did that, I can keep that in my memory. I did that by memory from... Nightmare on Elm Street, if you haven't figured that out. little slasher quote. But uh, I can remember that. Quote it. Many years after I've seen it. But I sit down and I read a comic book. And I set it down. And I say to myself... What did I just watch? Because it completely disappears through my brain. It's just... But useless stuff like... Nightmare on Elm Street quotes stick in my head. Alright. Let's see here. We got a little stack of comics today. Fun little stack. Starting out with the Blue Flame number 6. I really like this issue because after the fifth issue, you're starting to wonder, well, is this just him in a dream world? Which it still could be. I could still disappointingly end up as a dream and his drunken memories and all that happening along the way. But this one... Well, they do have a little synopsis on the back cover. I'll read that. Chapter 6. Vengeance Needs No Champion. Sam Brosham is hitting rock bottom. He thought he could trust the journalist he's been dating with the biggest secret. With his biggest secret. That he's fighting for the fate of humanity in a cosmic trial. But she seems intent on exposing him as a fraud. In dire need of help. On Exilios, the Blue Flame brings forth his Night Brigade brigade companions as virtuous examples of humanity's best. But the Protector is ready to share some darker truths about them. And we do go back to the trial in this one. and We get to see Sam... Try and show that we're not such such bad people after all. And the protector sits there and turns it around. Points out those people's downfalls. Their rough points of their life. Their issues in their own lives. So we get to see that through the tribunal. And along with that we also get some back history on the, the little Crimson Cull Comic Club Gang or <laughs> Crimson Street Gang. You get to see how all the different members 
became who they were. Work. Uh, what their purpose was, what their roles were in their little safety group, group of protectors, street outlaws, whatever you want to call them. And we also get to see a father of one of the members that got killed uh, show up and talk to Sam about his son that he hasn't seen in years. I just wanted to find out more about what he did, whether it was worthy, worthwhile or not. I kind of have a feeling we might see something more with this person's father. It might be some type of hidden tribunal member. Who knows? But we'll see. And they are aliens that are way more advanced than we are, so they could probably take over someone's subconscious and control them in that type of form but that was just a guess on my hand i don't they didn't really give us any cards that were showing that type of play in the little scheme of things but i could see that happening maybe down the line but this was was a very well needed episode because the last couple were bringing me in that into that belief like others that are talking that it's just going to be a drunken fiasco where he's just has these drunken memories and thoughts that he are stuck in his head and it's not none of this is real so we will see what happens i hope it is real and stays going the way it's been we'll see check it out that was issue six and that is by Vault Comics. Then we got Digger number three by Action Lab and Danger Zone Comics. This whole storyline is also very fun. I mean, it starts out with like a big snow yeti busting through the guy at Digger's trailer. Here his new little sidekick decided to go out on a hunting mission herself. And she chased the Yeti out of the woods and into the city structure and could have caused a lot of harm to other people because of it. And we also get to see a little AA meeting debauchery with her and some people. uh, Get a little deeper in her psyche, who she is, what she is how she feels about him and herself and just kind of looking to him as some type of friend, protector, guardian type character. But we get the pie lady in this one trying to get Digger to get a new home because his trailer gets trashed by the Yeti. So she's trying to set him up with a realtor and previous to all this Digger and his new sidekick ended up uh, spending some time out in the woods and they came across some Wiccan stuff and realized there's a witch about and we just happened to find out who the witch is and what's going on with her and 
This is was a very enjoyable episode also. This is issue three. Still looking forward to this going on. Again, I can't remember how many issues it's supposed to be if there was a set amount of issues, but I don't care. So far, I'm in that happy point where you can keep pumping these stories out. And I'll keep reading them. As long as it keeps me entertained like this, and we're getting that whole little little monster hunter thing going on with these two characters. It's just a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of monsters they come up with over time with these two that they get to deal with. And then we got Dirtbag Rapture. This is number four. Which is weird that I'm up to number four with this and number three with Digger because they're right next to each other in the previews catalog and they both came out at the same time. And I've been getting them regularly, but for some reason Dirtbag Rapture jumped an issue ahead of Digger. So, But we're getting deeper in this storyline too that's going on. We're learning more about the angels and the demons that are both trying to buy for her abilities to help them open up uh, basically open up a whole damning of the world thing where they're gonna destroy the world and do something with all these spirits so we get to see something interesting where uh, an angel takes a a body apart, a dead body, a dead person's body, and kind of takes a glowing orb from it and eats it after it kind of destroys the character's body. We don't know if it's the ghost's soul or what it is. Uh, There's some theories that it might be a part of her that each one of the ghosts gets when she sets them in their new place to be for the rest of their existence on earth or whatever will happen until purgatory or they get sent to heaven or hell or whatever. I don't know. We're not really getting that concept yet. We're just dealing with demons and angels and seeing how they interplay between each other and stuff and she's trying to learn more she's actually stayed sober through most of this episode which is pretty good for her i mean this this gal can put down the the shit and she'll drink you under the table plus do a few lines of coke plus do some acid plus throw in a little baggie of shrooms and few joints and this girl's happy (laughs) she doesn't mess around so but yeah this story is definitely definitely getting more intense to the point where i would expect this to end by like issue six but again i don't think we were ever told about an ending on that that one But damn, it's it's fun. 
It's just enjoyable seeing a, a ghost whisperer type character, a character that can help people in the, their ghostly afterlife forms and help them get around the planet to different areas, even though they're contained to a certain perimeter of the area, whatever area they're put in. And learning just more about what purpose these ghosts really do have and stuff. It's just, check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed with it. And then, sadly seeing I destroyed my cover for some reason, somehow. It's all scratched and gouged. Uh, guessing maybe a cat might have crawled across it and did something to it. But this is Hack Slash First Cut, Volume 1 by Image Comics, Trade Paperback. In almost every slasher movie, there's one girl who makes it all the way to the end. She's the survivor, the last girl. Meet Casey Hack, the lone survivor of an attack by the vicious slasher known as the Lunch Lady. Now Cassie and her monstrous partner, Vlad, travel the country, hunting down and killing other slashers before they can leave a trail of blood and terror. This collection included Euthanized, Girls Gone Dead, Comic Book Carnage, plus a bonus short story, Slashing Through the Snow which I think I'm going to read that one for you just because it's fun. Even though the holiday season is over, but it's not that far from over. So, uh, so I like this too because it talks about, in the introduction about it when they met, first met Tim Seeley and some of the things with the Wisconsin's paranormal research group and stuff you're getting to see get some Wisconsin background from him and the whole how Wisconsin's the home of Ed Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer and all kinds of fucked up people <laughs> but uh, I just love anything with Tim Seeley because it's always brings back Wisconsin style Imaging, artwork, uh, reflections to his storylines and stuff. Uh, You'll usually see something related to it. But start out with the first story is basically a slasher, cheerleader hunting slasher that we get to see. Uh, we get a little story of Casey Hack, a backstory of her life in this one. Uh, it's some pretty messed up zombified animal animals in here that they have to deal with. Uh, Hack and Slash go down to spring break style thing atmosphere area for the 
girls gone well not the girls gone dead but it's kind of a girl play on girls gone wild that whole aspect just dumb kids stripping it down getting drunk shit-faced for spring break partying it up not knowing what's going on around them some kids go missing but the party keeps going on and they don't get shut down or anything which is interesting but uh Along the way, it, it it's fun because uh, they do this whole girls gone, girls gone dead thing, and then uh, get into this one slasher that kind of takes them into a comic con atmosphere, and we get to see Vlad uh, get into wanting to get some comic books and uh, ends up having a memory of a comic that he used to, it was, here it is, the comic book carnage issue. Uh, (laughs) Vlad finds a comic book in a dollar book bin that is called Chippy Chipmunk. Uh, it looks more like a squirrel than a chipmunk because it's got a big fluffy tail. But that was his favorite comic back in the day. And we get to see uh, a little crossover here in this comic with uh, Scotty Young. Uh Oh, come on, there is, why can't I just, Scotty Young, Robert Kirkman, oh, there's a messy stench chick, she's a little, kind of like a B-horror movie actress, and Steve Niles is in here. So we get a variety of people from the comic book world. And it's just, it's fun watching these guys cross over with the comic. And <laughs> Kirkman just cracks me up how he gets into hanging out with Lad for a while. And they get talking about that Chippy Chipmunk comic. <laughs> Then Scotty Young does something with the Chip Chipmunk comic too, and in here that just cracks. It just it you got to read it. It's just fun, but uh, the the slasher character in this run, the comic book one, was very interesting. Kind of gives me a total recall flashback style thing going on here. And then we got the slashing through the snow. It was the night before Christmas, and a killer did creep, preparing for murder, as the children did sleep. His name was Rudolph, and he hated Christmas so. He peered through the window as he brushed off the snow. 
inside a tree, presence and lights. He's had this home long in his sights. So perfect, so cheery, the rage filled his pores. The perfect little family never locked their doors. Dressed in his Santa suit, Rudolph excitedly shook. He gave the antlers strapped to his hand one last loving look. Soon you'll taste flesh, Rudolph said with a grin. We'll punish their greed, the worst deadly sin. Yes, that's Rudolph's motivation. Pretty weak, I admit. But he's a slasher, okay? Crazy bad shit. He's got antlers for like a Freddy Claw hand on his right hand. And it just it cracks me up. <laughs> uh, Rudolph crept through the twinkling lit gray. His first kill of the season, merely seconds away. The first room for the child. The young of the litter. He'll stick his antlers through this greedy little critter. He pulled back the covers to unwrap his tiny gift. When a handgun popped up, Rudolph's been stiffed. Ho, 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 motherfucker, said a young woman, so coy. What's going on, said Rudolph. I'm here for the boy. Not this year and not this crime. Damn, it's annoying to have to fucking rhyme. This goth teen, she'd stop his spread spree. He slashed her hand with his antlers and away he did flee. Back down the stairs he ran to flee this awful trap. He bumped into a huge shape, bundled in gift wrap. Normally a gift so big could hardly be bad, but it is if you're a slasher and the gift's name is Vlad. Vlad tore open the paper and shreds did fly. Merry Christmas, Mr. Slasher. Time for you to die. Rudolph dodged the cleavers that nearly bisected his head. He wished he wasn't a killer, perhaps a librarian instead. Seeing a way out, Rudolph used his head. He clambered up the chimney and got stuck there instead. Maybe a little disappointed? Cassie and Vlad saw their slasher was stuck. The first killer they hadn't killed. Why, Rudolph, what luck. The family came back to open presents round the tree. They'd let their house be bait for merely a modest fee. The police came to grab Rudolph and take him off to jail. His Christmas gift would be iron bars, not fruitcake or bale. Cassie and Vlad snuck off into the night. Dark as the river sticks, their prize 
some cookies, and some Tom and Jerry mix. As they munched on sugar and filled up their tummies, Cassie gave Lod a gift. Vocabulary for dummies. It's Christmas for slasher hunters. To Casey, a new bright, shiny bat. To replace her old one that smelled of dead cat. Cassie, who hates mushy, said we got killers to slay. Our first holiday slasher can't wait for Valentine's Day. The end. (laughs) I thought that was fun. I just had to read it. And, of course, the phone just had to interrupt right in the middle of it. Can't. I should probably just get that phone out of this room altogether. (laughs) All right. And one final comic. Before we run out of time, we better read it because we all like to rhyme. Okay. Shang-Chi. From the day he was born, his evil father trained him to be a living weapon. His mind, body, and spirit honed to a razor's edge. He now uses his abilities to strike down injustice and atone for his family's misdeeds. He is Shang-Chi. Previously, for hundreds of years, the Five Weapons Society has operated in the shadows working towards world domination. They have intimidated, stolen, and killed in order to achieve their goals. Now Shang-Chi has taken control of his father's cult-like organization. But changing the society and his family's evil ways hasn't been easy. Shang-Chi apprehended Brother Saber and handed him to the Avengers. His only siblings now don't know where Shang-Chi's loyalty lies. But Shang, his other siblings. But Shang-Chi's problems are not just familial, as his past enemies are now conspiring against him with the help of an inside source. But his mother has secrets too. And she's finally ready to tell Shang-Chi the truth about her disappearance. This is Family of Origin Part 1. So it's start of the next run of six issues. It was a nice little introduction into his childhood. Uh, more getting deeper into his childhood. His uh, mother's affair with his father. How they got together and all that. And it's annoying how things change up so much between the movies and the books and all that. I would rather seen the movie go off this storyline than to go off the storyline that it did. I enjoyed the movie, but I tried to watch it a second time and it's, it's one of those. It's yeah, worth a watch, but follow-ups, there's just too much you could cut out and make it a nice little 20 minute flick by the time you're done with it. Uh, but I'd like to see more of the other siblings brought into the movie world, whereas the movie 
basis sounds like it's just sticking the storyline on him and his one sister. I like the Five Weapons Society storyline better, in my opinion, but this is nice seeing getting the background of his mother and how she came to be and what happened with her, his father, grandfathers, uh, the family history, his childhood. And if you want to get more of that, I wasn't going to go on with this story. I was going to leave it and get back to it later. But they had a 30th anniversary Deadpool cover. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get it. I didn't see the picture till I got it. But figure what the heck. It's got Deadpool. I'll check it out. But that's it for the comic portion today. And I'll get back with. Yeah, with the MS health portion right after this. Okay, we're going to do some health talk and stuff. But before I get to the health talk, I'm going to give a quick review on the Eternals. I was not, I watched it because I had Disney Plus until yesterday. It came out yesterday on Disney Plus and the third episode of uh, Bob Effect came out, which that series is excellent. I am loving the shit out of that. Uh, but uh, Eternals, I decided to check out. I'm very glad I didn't waste my time going to the theaters. Even the big scenes, I don't think would have been better by seeing them in this in the theater. It's like these characters aren't supposed to interfere, but yet they do interfere on minor things. But if you're going to do any interfering, at least take a risk interfering on something that could change things on a large scale. But You'll see if you watch the movie what I'm talking about, why they didn't help out certain things and did help out other things. And it's like they get asked what happened, why weren't you there when Thanos appeared and wiped out half the people and all that stuff. and So, yeah, if they would have been there, they could have easily probably taken down Thanos and all worked together and got people's heads out of their asses and used mental control to get their minds all working together instead of arguing with each other. Then we might never have had any problems in the long run, but you got to have bad with good. Otherwise, the world don't world don't go around, I guess. You can't just have a world of good. You have to have good and bad equal out in existence. And it's like they have this huge city and it's way advanced <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Like, that's not going to be seen. And these characters that shouldn't see it do see it. Uh but yeah, they could do wonders with their abilities, like the mind controlling ability and stuff, change people's minds and get them, sit them down, show them the future, help them design the future, teach them how they should act and explain to them, set rules or something like that, instead of just not interfering, just sitting by for thousands of years doing nothing. Uh, and you could do so much, but yeah, we're idiots as human beings, but Sometimes give us a little nudge the right way. We might go that way. But 
they all interfere anyways in their own ways. So it's like, really? <laughs> uh, they don't know their futures. If they cared, they'd risk. Yeah, they don't know what would happen if they did risk helping out. Uh, so you don't know what's going to happen to you in the future. So just do something and see what happens instead of sitting around for thousands of years. But teach the dumb humans to behave themselves. Uh, the controlling members are no different from the humans. They're just, they just have powers, but they're constantly arguing with each other anyways. So they're no better than the humans. Other than the godlike abilities, the deviants, the creatures, they're basically made of strings. You don't see internal body structures. You don't see stomachs and all that, so I'm not really sure. They didn't get any really great close-ups. It's it's a very dark, visually set movie. So it's hard to see half the stuff that's going on, which really sucks. Kamal Nanjiani was the main reason I wanted to see it. I could live with just seeing all his clips and I'd be happy. And that's that would be the best thing to watch. Uh, but yeah, the it's the visuals are just so dark. It just sucks. You miss out on so much. In the end, through the credits and everything, what the future might bring, that seems way more interesting. That showed some stuff that I may be interested in watching, but we'll see once it comes out. And they never change their clothes. And don't you just wear regular clothes? They're always wearing their super, super outfit things and, uh, and fighting with each other. <laughs> Uh, and they die easy. They're eternals, but they die easily. I don't understand that. And of course, can fly through space without any type of protection, helmet, anything. And you're fine, but you get stabbed and you die. I don't know. It just, that was not my cup of tea. But if you're into those characters, I'd rather would have just not had. Eternal has been part of <laughs> the superhero universe. I just don't know why we have to have so many characters out there. It's like, just stick with a handful of unique, great ones. It's not like everybody has to get powers. But, yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> uh, it's an alright movie, but, yeah, long-winded, very dark very boring. I did, I went through my mail. I sorted through a big old pile of change. <laughs> I was constantly looking for stuff to do during it. I was just so bored. Like people are very bored with this review, I'm sure too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get to the hell stuff. Let's see. Yesterday was Wednesday. I had my, uh, Appointment with my skin doctor. Got a new type of antibiotic that I'm trying now twice a day, which I forgot to take mine today. But uh, we're going to see how this goes. Sick of using all the ointment, ointments and salves and all that bullshit. 
just having all my clothes ruined from everything that I got all these liquids I'm putting on my body all the time. But you want to talk about something stupid, and I don't know. I'm going to talk to a lawyer about this because this makes no sense to me. Freighter group sat there and passed a thing now where you have to wear the M95 masks or whatever in all their freighter buildings or whatever. I went in with my mask, my mask that I take care of myself, that only I use and touch, that I wash. And it's my custom mask. I go walking in the building and the lady grabs a tore open box of M95 masks or whatever, those stupid cloth masks with the wire thing on the nose. Uh, she opens it up. Well, she it's already open and the top half's ripped off and it's just a pile of masks in there. She's like, you can't wear that mask. You're going to have to wear one of these. That's the new law in these buildings now. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen it on the news, but I thought it, they were only doing it up at the main hospital to start with. But they're doing it in this building too. So I'm like, okay. And I said it to her. <laughs> I'm like, I just walked in a door. I'm in a doorway that everybody has to go through to get into this building. Everybody comes through here. You now want me to take off my mask, which I clean and take care of myself and have used throughout the pandemic. You want me to take my mask off. You want me to stick my hand into a box full of M95 masks or paper masks, whatever those stupid masks are. And uh, grab one out of there myself. After hundreds of people before me stuck their hands in the box and pulled a mask out and probably touched half the other masks. And that is making me protected and safe. And then I'm sticking this mask on that was probably touched by hundreds of others' fingers before me. And I'm safe to go now. Right there, I instantly seen red. I instantly seen lawsuit. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this makes no sense. Your fucking people are the doctors and the medical teams. And you're making these rules. And they're getting dumber as this disease progresses and goes on long term. I mean, people got to stop this shit. And now they're bringing back the masks with the vents which we had in the beginning, I bought a bunch of the damn things, spent money on them, and all of a sudden was told those are not allowed anymore. And now they're handing them out in 10 packs to people all over the state of Wisconsin. I don't understand why we have these governing idiots when they can't govern their way out of a freaking wet paper bag. And it's just Something's got to change. This is year two, is it? We're going on three or something. I don't freaking know anymore, but something's got to change. People got to wake up. This world has to set some new boundaries, some new rules, some new regulations, and get rid of fucking stupidity. Oh, my God. I mean... Uh, 
the things. I was just sitting here looking at so much stuff when I was in the hospital yesterday. And just watching people, how they're operating and working. It's, yeah, nurses on mobile desks sitting a foot away apart from each other doing the same exact jobs sitting in with the waiting room and you're because those two nurses are sitting there doing that office thing the one waiting room I had to sit in had about 20 people go through it to come to get to those nurses where in normal environments and this mind you is a new building that was built within the past three years normal layout you have a desk a counter with desks behind it that the nursing staff and the counter staff sit back there let you come up to the counter and you deal with them Instead, they got these girls on wheeled remote uh, computer desks that they can roll around and they're just sitting in a waiting room. And it's we're supposed to sit apart from each other in a waiting room. But these line of people's waiting to get to these nurses are asked to balls <laughs> standing and nothing is... Nothing is making sense, but I'm the one that has to follow the rules and regulations and stay away from people and stuff, but the actual staff can just rub shoulders with each other and customers coming through the building, clients, customers, patients, whatever you want to call them. But, oh my God, this is just, this is getting really bad. Then they wonder why we're getting new variants and more people getting sick and shit never going away. Let's see. I'm not going to read this one because this one's about some dumbass that thinks he has a remarkable multiple sclerosis uh, cure by rubbing a few herbs together and sticking them in a bottle. Uh, see, this is talking about multiple sclerosis symptoms, which can include visual changes, double vision, loss of vision, numbness, tingling, weakness, mild to severe weakness, paralysis, vertigo, dizziness. Erectile dysfunction, impotency, pregnancy problems, urinary incontinence, uh, urinary retention, muscle spasticity, incoordination of, of muscles, tremors, painful involuntary muscle contractions, slurred speech, fatigue. I, I've been getting pretty... I think I've been getting pretty, I, it's just my opinion. I'm, I, I'm highly opinionated of myself. <laughs> but I think my slurred speech 
has gotten way better. People always, always, my whole life, would just constantly give me a hard time about mumbling and slurring my words. But I think it's got way better. The fatigue, pain, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we know all that. Let's see what else we got. Some MS diagnoses and tests. Uh, what do doctors look for? Like numbness or tingling in the skin, hands and feet, unusual weakness in the arms, legs, and fingers, slurred speech. Stumbling or trouble walking, double vision or loss of color, flashing lights that others can't see, eye pain that gets worse with movement, vision loss in one eye, uh, talk about MRIs and lumbar punctures, being testing ways to test for your MS. Blood tests, eye exams, and an eye exam can reveal problems with MS, and it's pretty cool. I mean, nowadays they got machines and eye x-rays, and my, my eye doctor, a friend from school and everything growing up, uh, explained to me that she shows on my eye x-rays that I've never had anything to do with high blood pressure in my lifetime. But a moron doctor that wouldn't listen to me about MS issues for many years just kept stuffing me full of more and more blood pressure medications. And what do I do? I don't know what to do. I've talked to my new, my current cardiologist and explained them things and stuff that keep you on the medication. Once you get put on the shit, they don't like taking you off. So it's like, keep asking ways to get off it, even losing weight and shit does not guarantee that you're going to get taken off it. It's like, yeah, you could just quit taking it. But it's like, I don't know what the hell. I mean, my body's so adjusted to the shit now. It's been so many years with it. It's like, if I did go off it, it would probably cause me to have high blood pressure issues now. And it just, I don't know. It's just, it amazes me that you can tell a doctor something and they just don't really follow through or acknowledge the fact unless it's something they've come up with and de dealt with. But if it's from someone else and you bring up an eye doctor or uh, uh, what you call it, the acupuncturist, massagist, uh, chiropractor <laughs> to a regular doctor oh they just laugh they don't 
acknowledge those people as doctors. But yeah, next time you're going for your going for your yearly eye exam and just mention if they take an X-ray or what they can see in there. They can actually tell you a lot about your health outside your vision. Optic neuritis is damage to the optic nerve that often causes pain as well as blind spots surrounded by areas of normal vision. Nystagmus is where our eyes move rhythmically back and forth or up and down without conscious effort, maybe due to nerve damage, especially in the brainstem or cerebellum. I got this thing. Ever since my childhood, it happened. That's where, it, right around the same time, I learned how I'm double double jointed in my left thumb, but I can't do any other joints like that. Uh, I can take my eyes and make them go super fast back and forth, and it's by using my nerves. But I've always been able to do that, and now I I just haven't done it in like a super long time because it kind of like fucks with your vision. But I just did it now, and it was, like, instantaneous and super fast. It's like, yeah, I don't remember being that fast before. But So I'm going to have to play with that, too, and see if that's different now from my younger days. It could be because of more nerve damage. It's looser and easier to manipulate. But uh, Diplopia double vision that happens due to damage to the nerve pathways that control the eyes. It can be an early symptom of MS. Uh, just a few interesting little facts that were there. This page doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Montel Williams, uh, we've talked about his things in the past. His thing on MS symptoms as a result, it slows or blocks messages between the brain and body, causing issues such as fatigue, numbness, cognitive, and vision problems. His symptoms, which came and went, didn't stop Williams from serving as a naval intelligence officer for 22 years. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of strenuous fucking work throughout my whole life into my 40s. And I... I had issues. I had problems. I didn't know what the fuck they were. I asked for help trying to figure them out. But I struggled through them until the point where I woke up paralyzed one day. (laughs) Can't exactly be standing 15 stories up on a big I-beam hooked by a cord and let yourself black out and walking across the roof and all of a sudden the whole world bounces and moves on you get severe pain your leg can go down or your limbs give out on you as you're carrying a big heavy beam or you're using a chainsaw on a tree and your hands just quit working and the chainsaw goes loose in your hands bucks off the wood flings out goes right into your side cuts into a vital organ or you're hooking chains bucking chains and 
you don't have enough strength in your body to get the last buck buckled and he pulls the cord and you got couple thousand feet of different cables going different directions hauling thousands of pounds of different chunks of wood and big old beams and they're just flinging and flailing everywhere and the cable snaps and I see what happens when a main cable snaps and decapitates a person and it can fucking happen into instantaneously but yeah I seen that I seen a guy drop his chainsaw and go right into his leg <laughs> uh, it's not funny it's messed up but <laughs> when you see it happen the instantaneously shock in your head and stuff it's just what the fuck is <laughs> but yeah yeah you can have a disease and live a normal life until that disease brings you to a severe part of it and then you're screwed unless you get lucky somehow but, uh, and Montel Williams done, done tons of stuff over the years he's got Montel Williams living with MS is his podcast pretty much Nowadays, 90% of his podcast is just chronic. THC, CBD, and just really into the medical marijuana and all that stuff. Uh, I'd like him to see, I'd like to see him focus on some other things. Uh, he has the platform, he has the ability I'd love to somehow get some reflection from him to get some of his followers to follow me or something. <laughs> I can talk about more things, get people to actually ask questions and get some information from others that we can share and bounce back and forth some ideas and things between people. But, but yeah, he's mainly focused on that now and getting that all regulated and worked out but it's there's just so much people need to learn from things it's, there's many other things we need to talk about too I mean, pain relief is fine pain reduction uh, mental health all that I and mean, we gotta get deeper into those things we also gotta focus on the position of where the disease can put a person uh, try and help them prevent being in a home in a bed laid up permanently you know what shit looking into stem cell research playing around with new treatments giving more people the opportunity to try these treatments uh, We're getting more open with a lot of things, but we got a long ways to go. Yeah, hard road to get there. 
we still got people more focused on the whole, you told me this, I heard this, now I'm going to follow you down the, the road forever, and I'm going to follow in your footsteps, steps, and your workout routine, your diet routine, your whatever is just, it's perfect. I, I know it's going to heal me, but that's not true. You got to find everything that works for you. You got to worry about yourself and quit looking for answers from others, thinking that you can, that you're the same type of being, the same person that they are, are going to get the same results with what they had with different things. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I may have just heard a couple people talking some bullshit or something, but I thought someone, Blair was having some problems again. With her MS. But I constantly see these little things, advertisements and shit popping up. The Miracle Cure, how Selma Blair cured her MS or how did this with her MS through the stem cells and all that. And it's... And if these people are doing so well, then why aren't they back in in the world doing things outgoing like they used to be. We used to see these actors and actresses a lot. Now you don't at all, but you hear the little things that they did and it's like by word of mouth now they're doing perfect. I'd rather see at least every few months some type of progress report, something that you're going through. I mean, at least let the little guy know. I mean, you are, you have the access to get it out there. Let us know how you're doing and give us a report instead of letting these weird places tell us how you're doing and what we should do to be just like you. But I'm running out of time. I'm getting on a rant. I see it. I know it. I got to get off it. But you be good to yourself. Be good to others. Be good to everybody. Make that monster sit in the corner. Bad monster. Bad slasher. Uh, and we'll get back to you sometime soon. Some more stuff. Who knows? Might do a weird Friday episode. Or something this weekend. We'll, we'll see. Uh, check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. Be good. We'll be back soon. Catch you later, Gator.